everybody, and welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast, episode 237. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined today by none other than Jesse Cox and Alex Fasciani, because I forgot <clears throat> to go look something up for a duo. I haven't come on a new theme for the next bit. I'm working on it, though. There's going to be a new you bit. You want to bring it's a bit back? new themed. It's going to be. I like that. I like, I like a New Year's resolution. That's nice and right. strong. Room 237, is that The Shining? Room 237? Uh, is that I The Shining? I watched that terrible, terrible movie, and he was mad at me then he, <laughs> afterward that I made him watch that. But I thought it was good for people to know. It was neat. It was neat. Uh, it wasn't anyway, good. Anyway, that's, that's what this is. I should have done an episode about the uh, Overlook Hotel or whatever it's called from The Shining for episode 237. But I just realized that right now. So uh, <laughs> forget about that. Here we are again, folks. Another day, another one of my, I'm going to say, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a liberty here and say beloved and extremely long-winded opening bits. Uh, to those of you who get it, hello again, welcome to another one of these. To those of you who don't get it here, have a hit of this right here. Uh, oh yeah, Papa. That's right. That's some of that loud top shelf dank ass patreon.com slash chaluminati pod right there (laughs) let me tell you something motherfucker even after holding it in your lungs for just five seconds you will already start to see how chill of a move it is to support a good-hearted little mystery show like ours if you can afford it and in return for your hard-earned dollars i absolutely guarantee you'll exhale a huge stinky cloud of ad-free episodes bonus minisodes an archive, an archive of rotten popcorn episodes where we watch movies you should probably actually be high for. Uh, art from the incomparable, what's that SAT word? Studio Melectro. Uh, first dibs on merch, tickets, and the best thing ever, and more. All the, pat- the patrons of the, uh, of the Profiteer got a little preview as to when the shirt's coming out and what the shirt's going to be. It's going to be in a few days, though. Keep your eye on the Yeti.com slash Illuminati. I like that. I get to take it easy today, actually. You get to take it easy? Yeah, it's a good. It's, I didn't have to do too much. I've been prepping for the next series. I've been tweeting about it, but it's been a nice, relaxing week because today, Alex, it's a you episode, and I appreciate days before like before we <laughs> already jump into Alex's episode. I just want to say it is taking me everything, like every fiber of my being, to not request we do an episode about the newest, greatest, best conspiracy ever. Oh, that no. Taylor Swift is a government plant. I just Dude, want everyone yes. to be aware. That is my new favorite thing. I love it. It's not even a unique conspiracy. An ex-celebrity is a government plant is like. Not even ex-celebrity. Most pop. One of the most popular yeah. celebrities in the world who has had a career for over a decade. Only recently government plant, <laughs> which honestly is amazing because it, it means the government for years was like, yeah. We grew her in a test tube. <laughs> and now this, this girl from a very wealthy family that like definitely had a leg up when getting into her music career. Actually, I hope she can sing. Yeah, actually turns out she is a government plant. Oh, and her new boyfriend, government plant. And the Chiefs are going to win government conspiracy. Like, amazing. One of my favorite things in the world. Go if you want to deep dive how crazy it is. Go look it They're up. Paying him back for his complicit ways it's because they can't handle that the world may in fact not be chaos. They realize dude. that Just. Taylor Swift is going to support the Democratic candidate in the election, so they're like, "She's fake. She's crazy." 
She's wrong. She's been doing that for years now. For, yeah, for years. New. Like, it's nothing new. It's just because <laughs> she's on Monday Night Football that they're like, well, it there has to be a reason. It's like, yeah, because TV studios yeah. and the executives put her on because then they're like, well, women will watch. Like, it's not. It's not. No, it's a, but this is a conservative man, sports man. You can't bring in pretty liberal girls but it's not like but it's not it'd be like I know, saying i know it'd be like saying like they show show they show so many star wars trailers during basketball what's that about? that's a conspiracy like no it's just it's owned by the same company you big goop. disney owns he it paid money i he paid out money. here where i live i know i know an individual who thinks art inherently should not be an isn't he doesn't even think star wars is political he does not believe Star Wars is political when it is a metaphor for Nazis. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I think some people would just rather pretend that art isn't than acknowledge, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just send him a clip of, of George Lucas talking about the Vietnam War and, and what side the rebels are <laughs> in the war. Uh, anyway, uh, the episode continues. <laughs> Derailed. <laughs> I got to remind you guys are the other thing I've been shouting out about lately uh, whenever anybody lets me run things around here, uh, which are my eight H word clues, which I have been bandying around like they're going to turn into something lately, kind of giving myself <laughs> full deniability if I end up deciding that it actually doesn't lead anywhere. But the good news is I am now overjoyed to reveal that they have turned into something. So let's recap. First, we had hidden where we went crazy uh, without Jesse talking about the UFO technology and the Battelle Institute at all. Okay. Jesse still needs to finish that. Listen along. I, it hurts so bad. Y'all <laughs> it hurts so bad. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he can't wait to get back to it. Yeah. Uh, Bro, I love Santel. <laughs> then, then we had heavyweights where we covered a bunch of stories involving the WWE, which has slowly depreciated in value as a good episode choice topic as the weeks go on. Uh, and then most recently horse, which, as I'm sure you remember, was hinting at simultaneously the most comprehensive and revitorily underwhelming Denver airport episode ever made. Underwhelming? We covered it all. It wasn't that exciting. It's just, it's just sort of like there's no truth to this, to the rumors. We learned everything about Denver airport. But the truth was exciting. Sorry. So you're doing more, you're doing more H's. And this time you're going to do an H episode called How Any of This Makes Sense, right? It's called Head. Actually, uh, which I'll say more about in a yes! second. Uh, <laughs> well, but, all right, it's about time. <laughs> We're in. Uh, yeah, but before we move on, the last four left are number five, which is hello, number six, which is huge, number seven, which is him again, and number eight, which is hero. That's it. Those are the clues. Go do bits about what they mean on r slash Illuminati pod. Don't send me the Smurf game, the Green Stone anymore. I have already received that joke <laughs> too many times now. It's become a La Yorona, if you will. Uh, especially uh, because I have now figured out what episode H8 is going to be. That's right. It's an episode now. And this is all definitely going to pay off. Uh, and going back slightly, if you didn't figure it out again, uh, this episode's clue was head because it's going to be all about dreams. Okay? All right. Before we begin, we see I, when we yeah. when you first said it, we watched our demographics go majority female back to majority male, and then you said that again. We're back to majority female. You know we've what, been man? For a couple weeks, strongly. we've been majority female audience now for two to three weeks straight. That's crazy to me. Hey, Hello, I ladies. strongly disagree. I think the ladies were like, "Go on." <laughs> no, no, they no were head. not. That's what I'm saying. No, no head smash. Trust me, there's going to be plenty of head. Um, here's what's up. 
what? <laughs> I want to, before we start, I want to say this wasn't exactly the original idea I had for the dream episode, uh, but it actually kind of sort of got hijacked away from me uh, when I, and this is hard for me to admit, strange for me to admit out in the open, but I actually got a letter from the real Chaluminati themselves. Um, and just in case you're wondering, yes, that's right. We're just the hosts of the official podcast, The Secret vibed out organization existing above us goes so much higher up than you can imagine and has only now decided to step into the light why would you tell people this they've only now decided to why step was into i the light. not told look they're not doing great right now okay if the illuminati <laughs> are the ones who want to destroy society as we know it and implement a new world order the chill illuminati are just the ones who want to help us all hang out grab a beer grill some meat or meat substitutes not trying to exclude anyone. Together with our family and friends, smoke weed, listen to groovy records with the Boston Bake Bean Boy in areas where weed is completely legal. So that's their platform compared to the ill Luminati, the chill Luminati. That's the joke there. You guys get it. We can go back to the game now. Anyway, they DM'd me the other day. What episode is this? Two seventy three. We uh, we're yeah. fondly establishing this. Yeah. No, no, it's two. It's two thirty seven. Two thirty seven. They they DM'd me the other day on uh, Twitter, uh, and they have a few requests. Uh, first, I hate that you even called it X. On top of just teasing that episode H eight exists and is coming down the pipes for real, uh, they want me to tantalize you with the fact that it's going to be a new topic type for Chiluminati episodes, and that we shouldn't worry about any kind of stupid stunt episode because the idea has legs. So they're very excited about it, uh, but. Forget about episode H8 for now, because today they want me to talk about dreams. Apparently, the Chiluminati did a screening of Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage at their New Year's party last month. Uh, I guess they bought it on Amazon Prime and streamed it at the party. I don't really know. I'm not allowed to those parties. Uh, But according to the minutes of the meeting, which I was given access to, everyone thought it was, quote, a really neat watch. Uh, But it also apparently reminded them that if we're going to be doing this new push to indoctrinate so many new members into the Chiluminati and try and stop the world from descending into like a true post-capitalist chaotic unchillness event, which is called a PCUE, a PQ. It's important to start with right. at least a basic course in dream defense, uh, uh, which is going to start with the modules on shared subconscious, the dream realm and oneiromancy, which we're going to cover throughout the dream episode. And don't worry if you have no that idea sounds, what I any of that, that is. Class. Yeah. Uh, you will have, you will have a great idea of what it is by the time part two is over next week. Mind your P's and Q's. That's a fun little pun. Anyway, fair warning. This episode is going to have some spoilers for the premise of this movie, Dream Scenario, right at the top. So if you like, uh, if you like, can't fully enjoy something unless every last aspect of it is a total surprise to you, maybe skip ahead a little bit. Don't uh, listen to this part. But if not, I promise I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tackle the themes of this movie. I'm not going to tackle the emotional core of this movie. Uh, so if you can trust me for a second, let's just get right into it. Most of this is just from the trailer anyway. But basically, this guy, Paul, in the movie, who's played by Nicolas Cage, starts appearing in the dreams of people around the world who, like, connect over it. It really starts to affect his life and his self-image. And the way that he acts in the dreams is seems to be connected somewhat to his mental state. And there's like a crazy spiral of theming and symbolism that envelops him until it eventually comes to a head in the end, right? Uh, But the main important idea for us about the movie is that in the world of the movie, it also reveals the existence of a shared subconscious like place. 
uh, in which ideas and communication can be delivered to people while they're sleeping uh, through like a mysterious realm that now that it's been discovered is like tangible and corruptible like our own brains are, right? It's heavy, right? But that's as far as I'm going to go into talking about the movie um, uh, because the Chiluminati actually had me look for real world parallels to see if this is something we have to worry about in real life. I don't know why that's what they're worried about. I don't know. I guess that's something they've been looking into for a while. First things first, I found something called This Man, which sounded almost exactly like the movie, uh, to the point that at first I wondered if the movie was based on a true story. So first things first, there's a website for this phenomenon called thisman.org, but do not go there yet since it'll spoil my well-laid-out tale. Uh, And for right now, let me just start you guys with a picture of the man in question here, which you can uh, describe to people. and then let's have Jesse read the original backstory that's been posted around since I was a sophomore in college. Let me just grab it so that he can read it. So the best way to describe this. Wait a minute. What? Hang on. I saw this this week. Uh-huh. What do you mean? I, not, not in my dreams, but like this picture, this topic came up this week. Like really? in my internet life. What the it, fuck? I'm not even joking. Like, I don't understand. Did you get this manned by this man? But it, not in my dreams. Like he just, I've this post, like, there must have been a post on Reddit or something recently. How do you know you weren't dreaming at the time? That's true. That's Describe true. this man to people, just for a sec. Uh, Balding unibrow. A That's perfectly good. round, orange, Carl Pilking-esque head. <laughs> with disproportionately large mouth, nose, eyes, and eyebrows compared to the rest of his head. Uh, and he's balding. With sort of a comb over at the top there, and his ears appear to be lower than most people's ears are on their face. Yeah, they don't really normally go on that part of the head, as far as I know. Like it's maybe like an inch too low, but yeah, yeah, really strange. He looks kind of to me looks like the guy from Twin Peaks uh, in the room who like talks backwards. Oh, and the fact that I have <laughs> yes, 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 yeah, it has that vibe. I know who you're talking about. I've seen that scene. <laughs> I've seen that scene. All right. This is for Jesse. In January 2006 in New York, the patient of a well-known psychiatrist draws the face of a man that has been repeatedly appearing in her dreams. In more than one occasion, that man has given her advice on her private life. The woman swears she has never met the man in her life. The portrait lies forgotten on the psychiatrist's desk for a few weeks until one day, Another patient recognizes that face and says that the man has often visited him in his dreams. He also claims he has never seen the man in his waking life. The psychiatrist decides to send the portrait to some of his colleagues and have the patients with recurrent dreams uh, that have patients with recurrent dreams. Within a few months, four patients recognize the man as a frequent presence in their own dreams. All the patients refer to him as this man from January, 2006 until today, at least 2000 people have claimed they have seen this man in their dreams in many cities all over the world, Los Angeles, Berlin, Sao Paulo, Tehran, Beijing, Rome, Barcelona, Stockholm, Paris, New Delhi, Moscow, etc. At the moment, there is no ascertained relation or common trait among the people that have dreamed of seeing this man. Moreover, No living man has ever been recognized as resembling the man of the portrait by the people who have seen this man in their dreams. The aim of this website is 
one, to help those who have seen this man in their dreams and to foster communication among them, and two, to understand who this man is and why he appears in apparently patternless array of situations in the dreams of such diverse human subjects. So I already have a theory, but I'll save it. Yeah. As far as who he was, the website puts forth no other concrete facts of any kind, but rather includes a list of several different different theories that have been like developed by people, ostensibly by the person who put this website together, uh, which Mathis is now going to read for you now. Several theories have been developed to explain myst- the mysteriously recurring presence of this man in the dreams of different people who are not related in any way. The following theories are the ones that elicit the greatest interest among the dreamers themselves. Archetype theory. According to Jung's psychoanalytic theory, this man is an uh, an archetypal, archetypal, archetypal rather, image belonging to the collective unconscious that can surface in times of hardship. Things like emotional development, dramatic changes in our lives, stressful circumstances, etc. In particularly sensitive subjects. Then there's a religious theory. According to this theory, this man is the image of the creator. That is to say, one of the forms which God manifests himself today. God, do better. Yo, no, <laughs> no, no. I like that because that means God's confident as hell. And Based on the way this yeah. man looks, yeah, you know God what? shows up like, what? And what? What are you going to say? Maybe yeah. maybe I'm just easily swayed, but you bought. that's correct. You know what? I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah, that's a ballsy God. He rolls up. He's like, <laughs> he looks like God. a divorced dad, 54. And he's like, what? I came to you as the chillest dude I could, man. He didn't lose a son at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> Continue with the religious theory. Uh, this is the reason why his indications and the words he utters during the dreams should be decidedly followed by the dreamers. Then there's dream super uh, surfer theory, kind of like SpongeBob in that episode where he visits people's dreams. I'm imagining, or the movie Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go ahead. And the one that has the greatest implications, but it has also the lowest scientific credibility. According to this theory, this man is a real person who can enter people's dreams by means of specific psychological skills. Some believe that in real life, this man looks like the man in the dreams. Others think that the man in the dreams looks completely different from his real life counterpart. Some people seem to believe that behind this man, there is a mental conditioning plan developed by major corporation. Then there's dream imitation theory. This is a scientific psychosociological theory, which claims that this phenomenon has arisen casually and has progressively developed uh, by imitation. Basically, when people are exposed to this phenomenon, they become so deeply impressed that they start seeing this man in their dreams. Like a mind virus. And finally, daytime recognition theory. This theory states that the apparitions of this man are purely casual. Normally, we do not remember precisely the faces we see in our dreams. The image of this man would thus be an instrument which, in the subject's waking life, facilitates recognition of an und. An undefined onirical image. An undefined onirical image, like a dream-based image. So yeah. uh, The thing that is interesting to me is that it says from January 2006 until today, and I assume today is, do we have a date of when today was for when this was written? I believe it was about 2008, 2009, when this website came up. Okay, so so let's say three years. 2,000 people have claimed that they've seen this man in their dreams. Yeah, I would love better statistics because 2000 is the, not a lot with billions of people on planet Earth. The more recent website, because that's a quote from the old website, the more recent website crosses out to 2000 and puts it at about 8000. But that's still only in like 2014 or 2015. Yeah, it's still statistically not really significant in any sort of way. So it isn't like an epidemic of people seeing this guy. It, it clearly means something, but it isn't like 
He's in, he's getting in all of our dreams. This is going to end badly. You know, it's like a weird thing that's happening. But uh, yeah, it's. I don't think it's anything like. What was your theory on what was happening? Oh, I think it's just that he's an amalgam. Like because the way he looks, he's an amalgamation of all sorts of different things that people see in their life, and that's why certain people dream him because like a biological. It's lobe. just like the brain's putting stuff together, and it just happens to look that way. And Vibes. you know, eight thousand, two thousand, oh. whatever. You know, you can. That's. It could happen to 8,000 people that they all see the same thing because it's only 8,000 people out of, they said it's all over the world. It was like in the city of Chicago, 8,000 people had this dream. That would be interesting. That's his name's got to be Loeb Lloyd. He looks like Loeb Lloyd. Lloyd 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 or Lloyd the Loeb. Like he's got a, he is just like Loeb though. Remember the AI character Loeb that like sort of like congealed out of nothing. That's, that's kind of what Jesse was saying, I think. Uh, But regardless of what he was, (laughs) this man got coverage literally everywhere and as it spread more and more people started coming forward with stories of seeing this guy where they were sleeping and weird interactions with him this time with like an ominous message to go north a lot of the time here is a uh link that you can look at to a bunch of flyers go in many north. languages of this man you can kind of describe the vibes of this web page for people it looks like a conspiracy theorist web page uh with a bunch of pictures of people posting paper printouts of this man I will point out that this website also has a page that has all these different printouts available to print out. So I don't know how could be anybody just doing representative. This is of a worldwide phenomenon, but it it really is posted all over the world. Uh, But luckily for you, though, we don't have to leave it at that as we've grabbed a couple of these accounts of people around the world seeing this guy uh, just to give you an idea of what meeting was supposedly like and to look a little bit more into the mystery here. Screw the main page. You should be checking out the fan art tab on this page. Yeah, that's a that's a there's also the news like it shows like all the games and stuff that he's referenced in. But here's here's one for Jesse to read uh, right here. First first account of the man. All right. Date September 2nd, 2013. City Palm Beach State, Australia. Australia. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> she thanks, wants ma'am. to get involved. Well, now I know it's in New South Wales. So there you go. You know what? My phone did a thing I didn't want. But here we are. Um, Starting when I was seven. I had the exact same dream on Tuesdays and Friday for 10 years. I'm now seven. uh, I'm 17. What? I'm 17 now. Okay. That checks out. And I have become very familiar with this man. Although I do not have very nice dreams about him. I dream that I'm laying in bed and he is wearing a cowboy hat, leaning over (sighs) me and making a strange noise. Almost (laughs) as if he was growling at me. And on his shirt is a gold round pendant that has molded into it, uh, into the gold go north. Other nights, you'd be standing across my bedroom, staring at me every morning. When I wake up, I burst into tears for absolutely no reason. It's like this man is giving me hormonal problems. When I saw the pictures on this website, I started crying out of fear. He never spoke to me. He only made weird noises. (laughs) Think, <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think he growled like an animal, or do you think he growled like a Discord mod angry at his? I kid? think he growled like Conan O'Brien, like like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, oh. Um. Okay. So that's the first one. Pretty weird. Uh, go north. Message in the gold. There. Uh, here's one for Mathis now to read. Date March seventh, twenty thirteen. City. Any any city in Utah? Because that's the state we're in. I dreamt of this man. 
He was following me through a, dar- a park in the dead of night. I couldn't understand why he was following me, so I started running. He easily kept the same pace as me. He gave a small groan and sped up until he was in front of me. He put his hand out, stopping me from running. He pulled me close to him, but he only spoke 21 words. I still think about them every night. On April 9th, 2021, go north. It's the only way to survive. After saying this, the man ran away. I tried to catch up to him to ask more, but I couldn't keep up. As I watched him fade away in the distance, I got a strange feeling. I woke up immediately after he left my line of sight. Excellent memory so, for a dream. Right now, I'm looking up April tw- April 9th, 2021. Do you think we all died? Utah. Do you think that happened on the, on the, in 2021? And we just didn't realize it? I don't know. The first, the first result is that the Utah Department of Health issued state public health order 2021-10, which provides an update on statewide COVID-19 restrictions. It's, it's a face mask uh, restriction for organized events. I can't imagine that that's what, I don't know if that's what they were talking about. Uh, there was a couple other like disasters. Um, there's the, it, Russia deployed some troops to the border as tensions escalated between Russia and Ukraine on that day. That's probably not it. There was an insurgency in Nigeria. Uh, there's an insurgency in Jammu and Kashmir. Uh, there are protests in Nigeria. I don't Myanmar think any of that where, affects Utah. Yeah, Utah was dis- decidedly yeah. not involved in much of that. There was a disaster in the Congo and in San, San in the Grenadines. Uh, and obviously it was COVID, but there's not really like a huge one in there on that day. I, I mean, the question I have is like, so uh, the, like on April 9th, 2021, go north. It's the only way to survive. I'm assuming this person from Utah didn't do that. No idea. I mean, uh, or, or, or did they, or did they? Cause I would love a follow-up. It seems like there's no follow-up here. Like, this was just a, an account that the, um, that the uh, webmaster brought when she was interviewed on vice magazine. Um, but here is another one. One last story with this go North theme. Kind of interesting. This one is uh, yeah. For Jesse, uh, January 9th, 2011 Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I dreamt of this man a couple years ago. I had seen a couple's therapist because I was having recurring dreams about this middle-aged man who kept attacking me. He never said anything. I woke up soaking wet in every, uh, every night. This was the same time I met a guy in college who was very creepy and stalked me. He always found a way into my dorm and would sit there all night. I was put on trazodone. That's a sleeping man. Uh, to help me get through the nights. I also have a dream where someone is always telling me to go north, just like someone else wrote under the dream link. I got it tattooed on my ankle because I swore it meant something. I'm almost positive this man is the one who comes to see me in my dreams. Yeah. So obviously people are freaking out. Uh, comedian Tim Heidecker tweeted it was scaring the shit out of him. Uh, this man was on the news all over the world. It was on coast to coast. It was on Tosh.0. It's been referenced in the X-Files before. It's, it continually pops up in video games. It was in the AIs. The Somnium Files was in there. Obviously, people were starting to get suspicious. Uh, but here's what the woman who made the website, a woman named Andrea Nutella, had to say uh, when she was asked about it by Vice in 2015. And Mathis, I'm just going to ask that you do your best here. We constantly try to understand this point, but we have no clue about what this man wants or if he wants something at all. One thing seems clear. This man is a kind of wormhole. Some people are confident he is just my invention, but I am only a point in a time loop. This man was dreamed even before I could draw his face, 
even before the first patient identified him in New York. We have evidence of people dreaming about him 30 years ago. Every day we receive news and kids who have uh, begun dreaming about him somewhere new in the world. I believe it's not this man who does time traveling, but it's us who moves through a fourth dimension. It's a loop with no chicken nor the egg. I think the key factor of this man's success on the <laughs> on the web is his ability to represent an extra dimension as we travel in the global space with a click. We can also time travel with a dream. He is kind of he is a kind of star in the nights of Captain Ahab who help us to catch our inner whale. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys think the deal is with this guy? Like full stop. If you had to if you had to just guess right now from the information that I gave you. What do you think is the deal with this man? You think he's a he's an impression that's like biologically just random based on the shape of everyone's brain as humans? Yeah, I mean, I mean he, there's there's he's not what he's about kind of north? generic looking, right? Like he's pretty I feel like your imagination could come up with somebody that looks like that pretty easily. Yeah, he I mean, to be clear, in the Vice in the Vice article, she also said that this face was like a composite that she made using like a composite app. Mm-hmm. Like it's some, it's like a branded app or something that she used that like, gotcha. this was the face that it gave her after inputting the description of this man from a bunch of people or whatever. So that's, so that's what it is. Yeah. I, I feel like it's such a, it's such a vague, weird description. Like it isn't, it, it's, I feel like what is happening. So what is happening with the face and the man and the man they see, I think is just sort of a thing that based on external stimuli on the brain. It's sort of an amalgamation of things, and then this very specific man is one that when people see it, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy, even though I don't know that it 100% was. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it happens all the time with dreams where you just interpret it weird. Great example is earlier this week, I tweeted out about how I woke up from a dream where literally a dude in the dream was like, you must find Mount Chiavaki. And I was like, what? And he's like, find <laughs> Mount Chiavaki. And I was like, Okay, so I woke about? up with no idea how to spell Chiavaki, and then everyone was like, dude, did you mean, mean Mount Tchaikovsky, which is in the, which is in Antarctica? Maybe it's like old god shit, and I was like, yeah, all right, like, that sounds, that sounds fine. <laughs> did you book your plane ticket? Yeah, are you going? I mean, I should, I really should go you can there. write that but off. I feel like Go North is also such a vague thing, like, the concept of going north is just like get your bearings is is the idea right like like the north is a fixed pole so like get your bearings i don't know it seems it seems like this is it's very common advice yeah it seems like people are trying to attribute stuff to this because it's like mysterious and cool and now i'm in it you know yeah well let me let me give one to the people if you are one of the people out there who thought this was complete bullshit uh, let's just say you were probably right. As almost immediately after that Vice interview went live, another article came out called "Ugh, We Just Got Hoaxed: The Real Story About the This Man Dream Face." Okay. The article is not long. It did say that Andrea Nutella actually runs a company called Gariglia Marketing, which is famous for doing all kinds of stuff exactly like this, and is famous for pushing the boundaries of subversive and edgy marketing techniques. But at the same time. Though it could easily just be some kind of resume builder for them, there's not really any sort of product associated with it to speak of. The brand doesn't claim it. No one really made any money off it. And when you look on the site for more info 
uh, you get this quote, uh, which Jesse uh, will read for us now, uh, which is from the woman Andrea Nutella herself. In the past month, some individuals have been trying to stop this website's research, claiming that we might have a hidden marketing agenda. This is false. These individuals are probably just scared of what this man, capital, could soon be announcing in many people's dreams. What does that mean? Like, you can't just say that. Like, they're afraid he's gonna, like, of what he's gonna say. Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they haven't really budged from that position in all this time, uh, though admittedly, the new site looks more like the homepage of a meme than it does like a legit research experiment that's interested in collecting accounts from people. Uh, it seems more like a fan site now. Um, but there's never really been an answer. So you can just kind of leave it right there, like vaguely, possibly kind of answered and. We can we can move on. I don't know. Do you think it's totally fake? Do you think she just completely made it up whole cloth? Do you think there's something to it? Have you ever dreamed this man? Well, it's an interesting question, right? Because even if it was fake, right? Even if it was fake and uh, she did make it up, that doesn't – throwing it out there can weasel its way into people's minds who may start dreaming it, right? They have people like – like right. Slender Man was a fucking made-up thing. That and was then one we had of a little girl literally stab yeah. somebody – to go like be in Slender Man's mansion. So it's real to some people now, I would bet, in, it, you know, maybe out there it might be, even if it was an unintended co- uh, side effect of a marketing thing that she was doing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the vibe I get. I don't know. I mean, people are coming forward with stories and like, I don't know if that's like just pure invention, but it is interesting to think like if it's totally fake, like from a point of view of like in bad faith, it's fake. That kind of gives you some idea of how people respond to things like this, where you give stories of your own version of stuff. Like, if they thought this was a real thing and they're just writing a straight up lie, you know, it's, it starts to make you make you think. I don't know. Um, but if this man isn't real, and thereby that means that dream scenario is just an actual dream scenario with no basis in reality. Does that mean that every part of the idea of a dream realm isn't real? Well, if you ask the Chiluminati, the actual Chiluminati, they'll say they have evidence that makes the answer an emphatic maybe not. Alex. And in fact, to start our second module, yeah. Who sits at the head of Chiluminati? I wish I could tell you. I wish I had any idea. I haven't. I just want all to I get is some DMs. They Twitter. Me, you know, they hit me up on Twitter. Let's just say there's a certain aging songster who still to this day, I think he's 90. I don't know how old he is, Mm -hmm. but uh, he's in his tour bus. He's very high and he rules from there. Let's just say. I don't know who he is, but I've heard rumors. Um, Yeah. To start our second module, here's some accounts for you to listen to right now that might make you think, yes, maybe we do go somewhere when we dream. Uh, We can discuss each one after we read it, starting with one of the great anonymous internet posts of all time, uh, which ties in perfectly with our theme, and which Mathis will read for us now to get started. It's a little meaty, but it's actually literally legendary. So here we go. Mathis, this bud's for you. Throwaway account, because this is really personal. My last semester at a certain college, I was assaulted by a football player for walking where he was trying to drive. Note, he was 325 pounds, I was 120 pounds, and while I'm con- unconscious on the ground, I lived a different life. I met a wonderful young lady. She made my heart skip. Oh, I remember. I know this story. And my face red. I pursued her f- for months and dispatched a few jerk boyfriends before I ever finally won her over. After two years, we got married. And almost immediately, she bore me a daughter. 
I had a great job and my wife didn't have to work outside of the house. Don't. Jesse, this is very serious. It's a very tragic story. Yeah. Yo, this is this. I this was posted on like an Andrew Tate subreddit. There's yeah. no way. There's no way any decent Bear person goes child, and then woman. she bore me a child. After I defeated Trad, several of her evil exes, <laughs> she then bore me a the perfect dude, baby boy. The dude went unconscious and went into fucking Scott Pilgrim a world. Strapping air. He just lived the sequel to Scott Pilgrim that was never written. After I defeated the lesser men, <laughs> my alpha brain took over and I managed to get her to bear me a child. I I had a great job and my wife didn't have to work outside of the house. She made me a sandwich all the time and never wore a bra. When my daughter was two, she, my wa- my wife, bore me a son. My son was the... Well, I just... That, that sucks, dude. No, no, it gets that, worse. No one talks like this. This, is, this dude, this did not happen. I also, I, you know what? Hearing a little bit more, I'm starting to think maybe that jock was like, dude, you're being a creep. You're being a creep. Stop being a creep. No, man. He's like, I'm trying to get people to understand. <laughs> Fight me. I'm right in my beliefs. This guy's alternate life is like a toxic family because he didn't say anything like this about his daughter, but he goes, my son was the joy of my life. Yeah, no, that do- first daughter, two years of a mistake. I was only thinking about how she would grow up to do OnlyFans and it broke my soul. Thank God I had a son so I could live vicariously through him <laughs> and play Call of Duty with him in real life. I would walk into his room every morning before I left for work and doted on him and my daughter. One day, while sitting on the couch, I noticed that the perspective of the lamp was odd, like inverted. It was still 3D, but just wrong. It was a a square lamp base, red with gold trim on four legs and a white square shade. I was transfixed. I couldn't look away from it. I stayed up all night staring at it. The next morning, I didn't go to work. Something was just not right about that lamp. I stopped eating. I left the couch only to use the bathroom at first. Soon I stopped that too as I wasn't eating or drinking. I stared at the fucking lamp for three days before my wife got really worried. I, I like that it took the wife three whole days. Not the first night where he stayed up all night. Three yeah. ass days later. <laughs> she's barely a character. Let's be real. Oh, yeah, maybe he's dreaming no of writing. the universe where Chaluminati rules and she's just chill about it, dude. She's just giving it yeah. a little time, seeing if it plays out. Uh, she, had, she had someone come and try to talk to me. By this time, my cognizance was breaking up and my wife was freaking out. She took the kids to her mother's house just before I had my epiphany. The lamp is not real. The house is not real. My wife, my kids, none of that is real. The last 10 years of my life are not fucking real. The lamp started to grow wider and deeper. It was still inverted dimensions. It took up my entire perspective and all I could see was red. I heard voices, screams, all kinds of weird noises, and I became aware of pain. A fucking shit ton of pain. The first words I said were, I'm missing teeth, and opened my eyes. I was lying on my back on the sidewalk, surrounded by people that I didn't know. Lots were freaking out, and I was completely confused. At some point, a cop scooped me up, dragged and walked me over uh, across the sidewalk and grass, and threw me face down in the back of a cop car. I was still confused. I was taken to the hospital by that cop. Seems he didn't want to wait for an ambulance to arrive and give CT scans and shit. I went through about three years of horrid depression. I was grieving the loss of my wife and children and dealing with the knowledge that they never existed. I was scared that I was going insane as I would cry myself to sleep, hoping I would see her in my dreams. I never have. But sometimes I see my son, usually just a glimpse out of my peripheral vision. He is perpetually five years old and I can never hear what he says. And this is then there was an edit 24 hours after the post was up. 
Never thought anyone would read this. I changed the line so that it no longer seems that my two-year-old daughter bore a child. I have never bore. seen Inception or Star- the Star Trek episode. So many have mentioned, but I will eventually. I will not do an AMA. I, I've had many PMs describing similar experiences in three posters stating such experiences are impossible. I'd say much. Uh, I'd say more research needs to be done on brain functions. Pre-med students don't assume you know everything. A few have asked if they can write a book, screenplay, or stage play, rage comic, etc. Please consider this tale open source and have fun with it. There's definitely been a few comics of this. Yeah, that little line at the end immediately feels like it discredits everything he says. Have fun with it. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I will. I will 100 say that uh, him being like just because you're pre-med doesn't mean you know anything. I don't know. I feel like they know more than you, my man. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah, that's what happens you know, when I tweet and somebody responds to it like they can read it, but they actually can't read it. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. You didn't read it right. I'm sorry. Dude, you just don't realize how many doctors in waiting are out there and business CEOs in waiting that are just out there. I, I will. I, I will say it's a fascinating story. It's super interesting, but it doesn't necessarily hold up to the like dream test. Because most dreams aren't things that you vividly remember everything and they slowly go away over time. This seems more like a mushroom like trip. brain damage. <laughs> like this guy got messed up kind of thing. <laughs> I've heard stories of people who have done like what's known as like a heroic dose of mushrooms, which is aka too much, way too much. And it's like heroic that's what contributes ego death. And people have like done like time stuck in time loops kind of thing. And just like they don't they can't get out until like it wears off. But that's that's the only place I've ever read anything that's remotely similar to this. I don't think I've read anything about coma patients living lives or anything. Maybe. Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of like part of the like media version, right? Like I've seen hundreds of memes based on having foreknowledge of this story. I know they mentioned uh, Inception in here. I know they mm-hmm. mentioned Star Trek uh, TNG already. Uh, but there's like lots of other plots like this, uh, like even that one Adventure Time one that has Jonathan Frakes as like Finn, who like goes into some pillows on the couch and lives a whole life in the pillows uh, where he like grows old with a wife. Or just Rick and Morty, where he puts on the fucking video game helmet and he lives an entire life and then yep. he dies and he's like, yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. And it wasn't the first story like this either, obviously, like as we just said. Yeah. But something about it, something about that lamp just captures people's imaginations uh, it feels real a little bit, even though it's not probably, you know, and in a dream, what's the difference, right? What's the difference between real and fake when you're dreaming it? Yeah. Uh, like he could have dreamed that he had a whole life and only remembered parts of the life. You know what I mean? Like dreams are fucked up. It's it's like he very well could be reporting back the exact experience that he had. And it still might not have happened the way he said, which is like so fucked up. Here is another account of the dream realm uh, from you slash insomniac with a wife uh, for Jesse to read. Uh, I'm sorry. Insomniac with no life. Different, <laughs> different user. Very different vibe. Yeah. Here is your, uh, here's your little story. I will say it's interesting. The uh, concept of a dream world. Cause how would it work? You know what I mean? Like if right. there's another reality we all go to when we sleep, like how does that work? Because everyone's dreams is different. It would be insane. People would be like falling. You'd be walking on the street being chased by like a banana man that you feared when you were a kid while people ah! are falling from the sky around you. It'd be <laughs> in- insane. It's like uh, Saints Row. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would be in Saints Row. Yeah. Uh, I once had a dream where I lived day by day starting from high school to midlife to late 50s. 
After that point, it didn't matter. Once you're in the 50s, you're dead. That's a fact. <laughs> I can still remember details like my graduation, my wedding, having children, etc. But I also remember insignificant stuff. Like I brought a tuna salad to work on a Tuesday, which was odd because I hate tuna. I had a whole life and a husband and a family, and it ended when I walked into McDonald's to grab lunch. Man in a hooded tracksuit comes in, shoots me near the side of my stomach. I'm lying on the ground, bleeding out when everything goes black. Then I woke up, and it was all gone. I actually had a bruise from where the guy was supposed to have shot me. I haven't even been able to have that dream again since then. Has anyone ever had an experience like this? I have. Yeah. I have. I yeah. wouldn't say it was a day, but I didn't live it day by day, but I've absolutely woken up after dreaming about a life with a, you know, a family or a girlfriend or whatever. Like, I, oh no, I got worse. Uh, okay. I, uh, when I was younger, bro, I, you reminded me when I was a waiter having dreams of just being at going work to work to yeah. wake up, to have to go to work. Oh God. Those were the worst. No, no, no. All right. When I was, I don't know, high school-ish, I had a dream that was very similar to this in that I got a new jacket in the dream. In the dream, I was like showing off my new jacket. I got a new jacket. It was such a cool jacket. Very nice jacket. Went to school. Everyone was like, ooh, what a nice jacket. I was like, I know. I love this jacket. And then as I was walking home, a dude was like, yo, give me that jacket. And I was like, no, it's my jacket. And he was like, no, it's not. And he shoots me in the stomach. Oh. And when I got shot in the stomach, I popped awake. I had the worst stomach ache I've ever had, ever. And I was like, whoa. That was your body being like, wake up. You need to shit. That's when I realized the mind, brain, body, it's all it's all connected. And I was like, yo, did it's I like just. imagination station. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if the dream caused me to have a stomach hurt or if my stomach hurt. And the dream made it. Re- I don't know. It was very cool, but I totally get where she's coming. Like from. an inception when the water like starts to come into the fucking room, and you're like, it's because they're splashing into water in the real life, but the, you don't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's very movie esque. But yeah, it happened. Uh, so then, so then, um, here's. So she asked, "Has anybody ever had any experience like that?" And then we got a comment actually from designer Pamelo eleven sixty four right here for Mathis to read. That's like a reply to that message. <clears throat> yes, and it was beyond weird. I lived a different life, birth to death, where I was born in the nineteen forties and eventually served in Vietnam as a helicopter door gunner. The helicopter was a CH the fifty three and was killed by enemy fire and woke up around age fourteen. Years later, I joined the Navy, military navy as a naval air crewman. And ironically, got orders to become an MH-53 air crewman, which is basically the exact same helicopter as the one in my dream, just the Navy's upgraded version. Some of our MH-53s are actually, were actually used in Vietnam. The very odd thing was, I knew my way around this helicopter the very first time I stepped my foot into it. Literally even knew how to operate complex hydraulic systems and other stuff I should have not picked up on so quickly. My instructors were kind of tripped out. They constantly asked me how I knew this or that. And if I studied this aircraft before arriving at school, which I had not other than a dream, which I did not mention because it sounds insane. Anyways, I excelled and eventually became a hardened crew chief around the time I got orders to a new squadron, which I deployed to Afghanistan with. But halfway through, we took some heavy fire during a medevac mission. And I honestly thought, here it comes. I'm about to wake up, but nothing happened. I survived a few other really close calls and haven't woken up yet, LOL. 
I'm sure most won't believe this, but it is all 100% true. It still boggles my mind to this day. Anyways, have a good one. Huh. Yeah. And then somebody asked him if he remembers any mundane details. So there's a little bit more for you to read here. I just split it into two for you. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, actually, I actually do quite a bit, but not so much childhood memories. That part was vague, almost like uh, a fast forward until high school. More military related and friends. Some memories even kind of matched up later in my life while in the Navy. One being the air crewman school house in Pensacola, Florida at the Naval Air Station, which has been around since before the Vietnam War started and until Hurricane Katrina hit, was the exact with the same exact building and layout. Same rules, same a lot of stuff. The kicker is both Navy air crewmen and Marine air crew go through the same schoolhouse together since the 50s. And in that dream, from what I could remember, was the same. That's the part that really, really tripped me out and still does. I also remembered the base standing watches in the same areas. And the one that stands out the most was the daily three to five mile runs. AC school is rough, LOL. A couple miles away from the schoolhouse is this huge beach on base and they would run us there and we'd have to qualify on different runs, getting harder and harder each day. And at the end uh, was all your buddies cheering you on was like one big deja vu. I've kind of questioned reality ever since. Something's always been off. I just know. I just don't know what it is. Thank you for taking uh, this post seriously. It actually means a lot because I never really told anyone in person about this because I don't want to be labeled as weird or crazy. Yeah. To me, right. Those are interesting. It's not the same as like the dream man face or whatever, because I've read a lot of stories about. No, different. Whatnot. And, you know, taking this, we'll just take it as truth because it's a guy on the Internet. You know, one way or the other, it's probably made up. But for the sake of conversation, taking this as truth. It goes into playing the idea of like, what is, what is reality? You know, are we all, is it a shared consciousness that just experiences itself through 3D time and space? And if so, hopping between consciousness when you die, maybe you're not, you know, maybe it's, it, it's more common. Who knows? There's also the idea of quantum immortality, which is the idea in a, a theory. It's not even a, a theory within quote unquote science. The idea that when you die here, your consciousness moves to the closest most similar reality layered on top of ours to like you there. There's a lot there that you could play with and, and see. That'd be the coolest video game life system ever. Yeah. I, like I've, I've, I've had on the list to do quantum immortality as a topic for years now, but I just don't know how to broach it as a full episode. But if time isn't real and you know, this idea of like reincarnation and all that other shit, there's so many beliefs in that, in that area of living lives as multiple people. Right. I, you know, maybe there's something to it that is just a science we don't truly understand or how our reality works in a way that's just beyond our understanding. Yeah. Well, do you remember the alien theory that was about each of us being yep. like little cosplays for like one consciousness that and mm-hmm. like maybe like the little cosplay games get rewired like Wreck-It Ralph sometimes, you know, like maybe <laughs> like you accidentally end up in another one. Does that make sense? Or like maybe there's only so many consciousnesses that are actually present at once. Like maybe when you're not well, present, if, if you take the, if you take the alien idea one, it's the idea that we're all part of one consciousness. So it's not like we're getting rewired. We're just that consciousness experiencing life from all potential angles on this one planet. But that's what I mean. Like you're still a, but you're still a, but you're still a perception nodule of that consciousness. Sure. Cause then when you, when you die, you kind of just join back to the, you're not like an individual anymore in that regard. Like, what if some people are just yeah. empty? What if some people are just empty, and then mm-hmm. you like oh, take a wrong turn in the Wreck-It Ralph of dreams one night, and you actually go in the wrong body, and then you time travel back to your real body when you die? 
sounds crazy now that I'm saying it out loud, but yeah, no, it does. That's okay when there's no science in there, right? Well, I think they have a soul transfer machine in the Dulce facility that we talked about last week. Yeah. So maybe I right. I love the idea that this is like a video game mm, where. Yeah. Your FOV is what's loaded in front of you, but everyone behind you hasn't loaded yet. So when you turn yeah, around, yeah. everyone loads in. Yeah. It's but like, bro, what were they doing? I don't know. And quantum quantum, quantum mechanics cannot be measured until they're observed, bro. Well, hold on. I just want to say for the record, I would believe this if you said it was more accurately like when characters from like Urkel would show up in Full House or whatever, yeah. and they would like... It, it, you know they shouldn't be there but there they are but it's like this reality, I do that and you're like <laughs> all right well this is funny <laughs> that you know uh i i i, I don't know i i don't want to say it. i'd buy that i i think i lead credence into this idea more because i love the idea of reality being weird and wobbly is more of like a, a thing that we're studying only now it's like the cool it's actually the cool science that we actually get to watch get discovered while we live yeah, we didn't get to go across the globe and we don't get to colonize planets. Right. But we get to be here in the beginnings of quantum science and that's fucking cool. And with my absolute PhD level understanding of how quantum mechanics works, this seems plausible. You've just got it all covered. Yeah, you got it all handled. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, to close out this module, we're going to do one last story that kind of goes along with my weird, uh, how did you put it? Carl Pilkington-esque notion that I just had about swapping brain co- consciousnesses around. Uh, this story is <laughs> yeah. not about dreaming. This story is not about dreaming. It's about potent psychedelic drugs. But I'm not really sure there's much of a difference, uh, which is something I'll actually be getting further into in just a second. Uh, but first, let's have Jesse read us part one of a story by a man called Steve Cantwell on Medium. Don't worry, and 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 listeners out there, one day the three of us are going to go out to Joshua Tree and do too many mushrooms. And we'll just come out different people. I would film the whole thing. I would record the audio of the whole experience. We'd have to have someone sober there actually recording us. But everything about existence is perspective. And no aspect of perspective is funnier than time. I have been a member of an existential little group. Sure. Little group called the Mormon Church for years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the time of this story, I was kind of a pastor in the church called an elders quorum president. My neighbor was also a member of an existential organization. This one called the U.S. Army. You know what? I don't like the use of existential organization, but all right. (laughs) Like me, my friend was a lifer. While he was in Iraq, uh, we would write emails planning for his next visit home at Christmas. We had been hearing about synthetic marijuana, which neither Uncle Sam nor Joseph Smith had yet commented on. I told Carl I'd get some in time for his Christmas visit. Yo, shout out to everyone I know, everyone I know who is a Mormon, <laughs> always trying to like skirt the laws the of rules, Mormonism. Yeah. I just yeah, bend the rules however they can. Yeah. Every single one is like, yeah, 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 I got an idea of how we can get around this. I'm like, I don't know, maybe Mormonism isn't for you, but whatever. It lets me know that humanity is alive. Yeah. A smoke shop version. I tried not to gape at the wares. The kids in front of me were buying a package of salvia, so I assumed this was (laughs) synthetic weed I sought. I mistakenly asked for the same. There's your problem. That's going to be a different Christmas. (laughs) On Christmas? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Little baby Jesus is like, smoke him if you got him. (laughs) He's in the top hat doing a little tap dance. (laughs) (laughs) It's the baby from Ally McBeal. Jesus has moves. Jesus? On Christmas, 
I walk next door armed with lamp-sized bong and a pocket full of concentrated trouble. While the kids played with their brand new toys, our wives prepared the big fancy Christmas dinner. My friend and I thought to smoke before devouring the turkey feast. I went first to amuse my pal with the spectacle of his Mormon friend using a bong for the first time. I loaded the big glass bowl with half foil po- uh, packet, flash fried it with a micro torch, and took the, the kind of lungful you take to prove to your friend who kills people for a living that you are gruesome enough to hang. <laughs> it tasted like burning snow tires. But. I held my smoke like a hero until the floor beneath me turned into a whirlpool that sucked me in. Apparently, salvia is nothing at all like synthetic synthetic marijuana. (laughs) I fell for a short time down a swirling tube, and when I came back out into the light, I was on the super realistic deck of a small ski boat and vomiting up water. Super realistic water that was coming out of my lungs, along with the kind of coughing that makes your fingertips ache. Three strangers were gathered around me on the deck, talking excitedly. Man, we thought you drowned. The men were helping me off uh, with my life, helping me off with my life jacket. Yep. You were face down and still, and uh, it felt like forever to turn around and pull you out. When I stopped coughing, I explained to my water skiing companions that I actually lived in Alaska and that all of this was super realistic. As I laughed and knocked on things to show how real everything was, my companions were exchanging worried expressions and rushed me to a nearby clinic. Cool. And here's part two for Mathis to read, also in Twitter. Apparently, we were in a place, uh, we were in Tyler, Texas, a place about which I had zero previous knowledge. My companions, apparently my friends since kindergarten, told the doctor that I had almost drowned. My lifelong friends expressed concern that I didn't remember any of them and that I kept saying I lived in Alaska. The doctor gave me oxygen, hit my knee with a rubber hammer to test my reflexes, and shone a light in my eyes. He eventually told us that permanent amnesia is impossibly rare and that my brain would probably shake itself off in a couple days. My Tyler friends took me to a my might try that again. My Tyler friends took me to my super realistic apartment. That was full of things I didn't remember owning. Everyone was nice enough to leave me grinning in my living room where I snooped around and waited for the salvia to wear off. I'd fallen asleep on the couch and in the morning woke up to urgent knocking. Paul, apparently my friend, informed me that I hadn't shown up for work and drove me out to Peterson's farm where I blinked at a clipboard all day. Not really even pretending to supervise super realistic migration labor for a large apple orchard, still waiting for the salvia to wear off. The workday ended, and my friend offered to bring me to his house for dinner. I told him I just wanted to go back to my apartment and wait for this crap to wear off. I shook Paul's hand and complimented him on how real he seemed, which he didn't care for. I slept in the bed the second night, fully expecting the wake to wake up in Alaska. Instead, I woke up again to Paul knocking. I hadn't shown up for work again, and this re- uh, repeated itself for every minute of every day for eight years. I was trapped in Tyler, Texas. I will say Tyler, Life- Texas is a real place. Like, it's not too far from me. It's like Life on Mars, the the show. A genuine, genuine question, though. After, like, day five, day six, he's saying eight years. So, I mean, I understand yeah. that it could fast forward. But if he's saying this is all real time, I don't know, day three, I'd be like, you know what? That was a weird dream I had about that Mormon thing. I guess I'll go to work. 
right? Like I got bills to pay. Like, what do you mean? Eight years passed. But he has, but he, but like to, to, it, he has no memory of any of this life. He knows nobody. So how are you just going to go? You can be like weird dream, but I still don't know anyone. My memory is right. gone. Like that's still a problem. Like I would be going to the doctor maybe. I guess. Um, uh, he goes, at first I was a man sleepwalking through an imaginary life. I didn't bother picking up my paychecks until there was no money left in my banking account. I wouldn't hang out with my friends or answer tedious questions about my memory. I'd just go home every day and sit in my apartment and cry and wonder if I had imagined. He went to work. That's all I want to know. We're good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, If I had imagined my life in Alaska, it took four years to crack me. But after failing to find any trace of my previous life, I accepted that I had sustained brain damage in a near drowning. The narrative that I had a family in Alaska who loved me began to feel like the kind of escapist fever dream a loser has when his brain goes swimming too long. The belief that I had brain damage gave me a kind of closure, allowing me to let go of my life in Alaska and start participating in my life in Tyler. One day at lunch, I told my handful of friends that I wanted to sing in the cover band they were always talking about forming. I started hanging out with them, interfacing, uh, yeah, interfacing through classic rock covers. We developed a kind of shorthand where they knew to include backstory in our conversations when needed, and I learned to stop <laughs> treating people like they were imaginary. Then, one day, I was walking across a park to meet my friends, carrying a bucket of chicken, when the grass beneath my feet turned into a whirlpool, and I fell through the ground and back into Alaska. Bingo. My now ex-wife was on the ground, holding me around the chest, while I shook with a seizure. Hang up, she said. I think he's coming out of it. My friend, who had probably been thinking about how he would explain this to the police if I died, eagerly hung up with the uh, the phone mid-dial. Of course, nothing had... How does this man know these details if he's barely conscious? Uh, Sorry, random thoughts. Of course, nothing had changed in the eight years I'd been gone because the total elapsed time of my seizure may have been uh, as short as 45 seconds, best guess. Everyone was mad at me. That sounds like Salvia. (laughs) Yeah, uh, everyone was mad at me for playing around with drugs on Christmas, but I was too weepy at, uh, at the wonder of my family to care. My Alaska life in a borrowed pair of sweatpants, a borrowed pair of sweatpants, due to a super realistic accident in my slacks during the seizure and still better than anything Tyler, Texas had to offer in the years since I still have more questions and answers, lingering doubts about reality and time and some confusing emotions about friends and Tyler, whose imaginary nature I am still reluctant to hold against them. Yeah. Pretty crazy. It's a crazy fucking story. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that would be traumatic. I can't imagine. Have you ever hallucinated? A life on drugs? Never. Y- yes. Never once. Oh, I've told the story a million times. No, an entire well, life for years. Yeah. It's not a like, life, but no, like, not years, but like yeah. hours. Yeah, like, for sure, I hours. definitely had a walk home yeah. and that was fake. Like it's happened, but that also wasn't salvia. That was like hard. That was like and we were drugged. We weren't we didn't choose that life. Right. It it got us. Although I guess we did. We were trying to impress girls, but People with bad intentions got us. Yeah, exactly. It's possible that this, I, I, I absolutely have seen videos of dudes do salvia and they have, it, when they come out of it, it's been 30, 40 seconds and they're like, dude, I got to They just go off on the craziest story. Salvia's I, I definitely crazy. believe that it does something to your brain. 100%. 100. I don't know what. I know it doesn't act like most drugs. I don't know enough about biochemistry to tell you exactly what, but I know it does different things than what most drugs do. 
I don't know if they even really count as a psychedelic for that reason, but I'm not sure. That's like something I would love for somebody. If, if there's more scientists out there that want to educate us, please tell us about what salvia does to your brain that makes it so goddamn crazy because it is so goddamn crazy. Yeah. There's so many videos on YouTube of people doing it. Yeah, dude. P- driving while on salvia is one of the best videos of all time. I ask you on behalf of the Chilimanati themselves, don't worry, he doesn't actually drive. Are dreams a place that you can go? So for the last module that we're going to get to today, let's go back to another movie, which was actually coincidentally New Year's Party movie screening pick 2011, uh, which was Christopher Nolan and Leonardo DiCaprio's Inception. Not sure why the Chiluminati is always watching stuff like this. I don't know. All I can see are the meeting minutes. It doesn't, it's not very, uh, doesn't give a lot of poetic license. I don't know what it's like to be in the room. It's just very pragmatic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. But if you haven't seen it, it's about implanting ideas in a dreaming person's head from the outside world by sneaking into their mind like a heist and seamlessly convincing them that it was their own idea in the first place. That's what Inception is. And also, it's the plot of Persona 5, kind of, too. Uh, but I'm not going to mention that again, other than to say that you should also maybe consider checking out Shin Megami Tensei Five for the Switch if you love the battle system, but wish it was more challenging and didn't require you to make teenagers love you as much as possible between ships at your day job and also attending a high school, which weirdly isn't that relatable to me at 35 anymore. It was all about the teacher, bro, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this isn't a brand. That's for you. That's for you, the man, Jesse, playing Persona 5 as a, as a grown man. Uh, But here is a new story about the idea of communicating both ways with someone while they're sleeping, being absolutely real and occurring in this reality already back in February of 2021 from the U.S. National Science Foundation. Here's Jesse with a much abridged version of uh, what that's all about. Pretty crazy stuff, to be honest with you. Researchers at Pollard's Lab at Northwestern University in Illinois along with researchers in France, Germany, and the Netherlands, have independently demonstrated two-way communication with people as they are lucidly dreaming during REM, rapid eye movement, sleep. Supported by the U.S. National Science Foundation, the breakthrough was achieved in the U.S. by Karen Concoli, Pollard's doctoral student, and Christopher Mazurik, a volunteer research participant at the time of the study and one of the first people to ever engage in real-time dialogue from within a dream. Although our mind is active and dreams often occur during REM sleep, our bodies are almost completely paralyzed. That presents an obvious challenge for communication since we can't move the body parts we typically use to communicate. As the name Rapid Eye Movement suggests, however, there is an exception. During REM sleep, our eyes move around behind our eyelids in a seemingly random fashion, which often corresponds to the sleeper looking at various imagined things in their dreams. If you dream that you're looking at something, your closed eyes move correspondingly as if you're looking at something while awake. That phenomenon led researchers to a key insight. If eye movement were consciously controlled, the dreamer's eyes could become a vehicle for getting a message to the waking world. Yeah. So basically, the researchers were kind of having the same like problem that I was having, like like I can't give you a picture of dreams. I can't do anything except like give you reading. Like there's so much reading in this episode because all we can do is read descriptions of what people already experienced like after they did it while they were asleep and then woke up and told us about it, which is probably like a filter of perception that like sometimes changes completely. Like 
the experience of what the dream even was. Uh, and yeah. because these people can't move or do anything, they have to try and figure out a way. So they used EEGs to do it to like track and wait until these people are in their REM cycle. And then uh, here's Mathis with a little more about what happened okay. next. To prepare Mazarek and the other U.S. volunteers, Conkley uh, wired each participant with electrodes that sense brain activity through the scalp, behind the ears, on the chin, and critically near the eyes. Those would allow the researchers to monitor and record every, even slight eye movements. When your eyes move in their sockets, it creates an electrical current, which is detected by the electrodes and recorded, says Conkoli. Uh, Conkoli also trained each research participant to help them achieve lucidity and instructed them on what to do if they succeeded. Uh, that included learning to recognize the specific sound she would play when they entered REM sleep, prompting the participants to realize their dreaming and thus become lucid. As the volunteer, Mazarek signaled his awareness. Conkoli played a randomly selected audio recording, 8 minus 6. A few seconds later, Conkoli saw Mazarek's response written among the peaks and valleys of his eyes, electrical signals, too. Pretty wild stuff. So not only does this prove that you can communicate with somebody while they're sleeping, which is crazy, like while they're in REM sleep, and they actually double verified it with like a sleep sheriff or whatever they call it, where they like make sure the results really are what they are. Uh, so it's very likely that he really was in his REM cycle when this happened. But it also brings like, where was he? Like, he said that he was dreaming that he was sleeping in the lab and that somebody told and that he heard this voice and then he answered it, right? He, he was in REM sleep, but he dreamed that he was sleeping in the lab. So where was he? Like, how was he in the lab? Was he using input data from his senses while he was asleep and deciding he was in the lab? Is there a dream version of the lab? And then you can think about like, you know, you kind of have that idea like, just to go against what we were just talking about, about like living a whole life in dreams and stuff like that, right? Like you time dilates and shifts and stuff like that. But if somebody's talking to you, you can respond in time and, and in, in real time with somebody in real space. Like, like in real time and space, in reality, you can talk to somebody who's dreaming and they hear it at that same speed in the dream. I don't know. Kind of interesting. I don't know. There's something at the heart of that that's very fascinating to me. Uh, that that makes it seem uh, a little bit more interesting than and than the sort of underwhelming way that it was done makes it seem at first. Have we had this conversation before about this exact thing? I don't know. Y'all are tripping me out. What? I swear to God, Alex Fasciani has talked about this exact same thing before on this show. Not Maybe it was a mini so in 2021 when this happened, but. I don't, I don't so. bro. I don't know. I'm hoping someone listening will say, yes, we have. Otherwise, is, is this a dream? Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. You're freaking me know. out. There's, some, <laughs> there's something, there's something weird about it, right? There's something interesting about that discovery to me that, that kind of like makes me feel like dreams are a real place. I don't know why. Uh, though, of course, uh, in inception, but, but like at the beginning yeah. of the episode, I'm also, had seen that man before we even did this episode. That's also fucking weird. So, of course, I must say at this point, um, because the Chumlani want me to make this clear. Uh, it's in the movie Inception, it's not just one of the guys who's sleeping. It's actually everyone who's sleeping while lucidly dreamwalking through someone else's dreams. So it's really less like this real tangible scientific discovery and more like the incredibly dubious notion of dream telepathy, which nevertheless has at times been championed by everyone from Sigmund Freud 
to Jeff the Mongoose's own Nander Fodor, which by the way, did you know there was a movie about uh, Jeff, Jeff the Mongoose with Simon Pegg? Uh, have you guys seen La Llorona movie that came out a couple years ago? Have you guys with Simon noticed Pegg? how old? Have you guys noticed how old we are now compared to when we started the show? Have you guys noticed that in the last two minutes, a hundred years have passed by? Well, how about this? What? Uh, we won't have an episode on it uh, in a couple days. It's our uh, six-year anniversary. That's absolutely insane. I was just kidding about all the other stuff, but we are very nope. old. Uh, anyway, <laughs> there have been it's far too many years. Ancient, ancient men. Anyway, uh, there have been tons of different experiments into true dream telepathy over the years, which is what I was just talking about. People in dreams just communicating with each other while they're sleeping. Like, I go to sleep in my house. Jesse goes to sleep in his house. We go meet up at the Nighthawks at the diner painting and have uh, Hell eggs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what dream telepathy is. But um, even in the talk he was going to give about it, which he didn't give, Freud seemed doubtful at best about the topic. Uh, didn't really think it could be effectively proven. Uh, when Nanda Forder brought cases forward a few decades later in the 40s, along with a few other people, their claims were almost immediately annihilated by extremely flimsy evidence. Uh, and most of the stories that they brought forward really just sounded more like coincidences than real communication. And there's so much inconsistency around it that it was like not good uh, record keeping or anything. Uh, there's been more serious studies since. Uh, including ones at the Maimonides, Maimonides Medical Center in New York uh, in the 1960s and 70s that nevertheless lost credibility due to, again, messy data. And since then, there hasn't been another successful dream study, though there, have, there was a paper in 2003 that was like written about the Maimonides studies that was trying to validate them. But then that paper got criticized for using shitty data. Um, and uh, anyone that uh, any test that has been carried out since has found zero evidence that dream telepathy has ever once taken place ever. Um, but then, if you can't reliably communicate in dreams while both subjects are sleeping, then let's do what I said I was going to do earlier, head back to the world of psychedelic drugs for a second to answer the question, then what is it like to be in the world of dreams while awake? And maybe the answer to that, uh, that question is just, it is hella trippy to be in that state. Uh, because uh, let's talk about DMT for a second. Uh, everybody knows here what DMT is. Is that right? Yeah, but for the listeners. I do not. Could you please explain it to me? There you go. You know, actually, instead of explaining it to you, I'm going to give you a quote to read, Jesse, from the Imperial College in London. They have an article that gives a clear definition for you to read to the people. How about that? You son of a... DMT is a naturally occurring chemical found in minuscule amounts in the human brain, but also in larger amounts in a number of plant species around the world. Accounts from people who have taken DMT report intense visual hallucinations, often accompanied by strong emotional experiences and even breakthroughs into the, what users describe as an alternate reality or dimension. Yeah, this in our brains, this chemical is associated with dreams and it's associated with uh, death experiences, near near death experiences. Um, and it's really not much needed to get you going. And I don't know, it's like a way for our brain to deal with stuff. I don't know exactly what it is. Nobody really does. So they did a study at the National Institute for Health Research Imperial Clinical Research Facility, um, again, using EEGs, electrode caps, just like they did in the other study. Uh, gave these test subjects infusions of hella DMT and just like tracked what happened in their brain activity. Uh, and what they found was that it actually affects our brains much differently than most psychedelics do. 
uh, just like Salvia, actually. So not in the same way as Salvia, but in a similar way, different than the rest of the psychedelics. Uh, so for example, alpha waves, which are our main brain waves we give when we're like awake, that's like awake brain waves are the alpha waves. They go way down, which is weird. And then theta waves, which are like the dream waves, they go way up. They spike up, even though these people are awake. So now our awake brain waves are down and our dream brain waves are up while we're awake. Uh, and that's weird because most psychedelics like shrooms or LSD or anything just drop all your brain waves down in general. Uh, even weirder to imagine than that, though, is that it also makes their brain activity way more chaotic, which is like the opposite of what happens when you're asleep or you're under anesthesia, where your brain your brain activity just becomes very simple. Um, and then even weirder than that is that in from that chaos emerges an emergent brain pattern organically that forms a new type of order in your brain with your brain waves that results in a fully transportative waking experience okay so here's a quote from mathis to read from researcher chris timmerman uh from the center of psychedelic research from the altered brain waves and participants reports it's clear these people are completely immersed in their experience it's like daydreaming only far more vivid and immersive it's like dreaming but with your eyes open yeah and here's another one uh to read uh from dr robert robin carhart harris who's the head of the center for psychedelic research this is for jesse to read DMT is a particularly intriguing psychedelic. The visual vividness and depth of immersion produced by high doses of subs of the substance seems to be on a scale above what is reported with more widely studied psychedelics, such as psilocybin, psilocybin, psychedelic, or magic mushrooms. Psilocybin. It's hard to capture and communicate what it is like for people experiencing DMT. But likening it to dreaming while awake or near-death experience is useful. Our sense, uh, our sense, it. I think it's is. Our sense I is, I assume, that research with DMT may yield important insights into the relationship between brain activity and consciousness. And this small study is the first step, a first step along that road. So, Chaluminots, I ask you again. Is there a place we all go when we dream? I think that after these three Chaluminati sanctioned modules we've covered here today, it's safe to say that yes, in some sense, there is. But is it a place within our own minds or a place we legitimately share with each other across space? Or dare I say, time. But alas, perhaps we'll cover that in another module next time in part two. Huh, and that is weird. That is all that's all the pamphlet says. That's time so out, time out. What is what is Chiluminati's agenda here? I don't want to the agenda of the look, as the mouthpieces, tell. they don't tell us anything. They just say go out and talk about it. Like what do you think they're trying sure to do? Sure is a lot us? of stuff about getting into people's put sure is a lot of research about putting ideas in people's heads. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what they're up to. What are they are they suggesting that people listen to this podcast when they go to sleep at night? I don't know. I don't know what they're suggesting. I can't speak on that, and it would be against my safety to comment on it. Yeah, I hope no one takes our audio and then splits the tracks, revealing that there's, in fact, a fourth audio track, and which is just like, Budge Illuminati merch, Budge Illuminati merch, Patreon.com slash Illuminati Patreon.com slash That's all I have in my pamphlet. Uh, you know, I got to say, it wasn't that bad of an episode after all, even though it was not my own outline. It was just the Illuminati's outline. I thought it was pretty good. Uh so, you know, what's the last word on dreams? Magical? Paranormal? Is there anything to this at all? 
I mean, maybe I should just let you. I I should let you reserve judgment, like maybe till next time. Let me sleep on it. Let me sleep on it. I'll get back to you. No, I I got an answer for you. Incredibly magical. Dreams as a concept are insane. The idea that even like you can watch a dog have a dream. The idea that spiders, there's footage of spiders. Like you can watch as living things close their eyes and in their most vulnerable state escape their current reality to go do something that is insane. Like that's magic. I don't like that's all it, factual. It doesn't yeah. like, like how you look at it at the end of the day, it's still just something magical that is almost unexplainable. And we don't really have answers as a, as a people, as scientists as whatever. And it's fascinating. I love it. It doesn't mean that it's like we went to another dimension, but it's, it doesn't not not mean that like who knows man <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know for sure how i feel about this maybe maybe next time when we finish our dream episode uh with the extra large uh one romancy module maybe we'll have some idea about what dreams are or maybe you can already maybe you already know what's going to happen next week perhaps what dreams oh, may come perhaps, <laughs> perhaps it came to you in a dream just kidding or am i anyway i'm going to close out uh, with a quote from a true story as told by my favorite ever comic book writer grant morrison about a time when they took some psychedelic tablets in Kathmandu and met some beings from another place who showed them the nature of reality outside of time and space as we experience it as humans here on this planet um on this place uh just to get your mind grapes juicing a little bit um i'll read this one myself here we go i'm starting to grasp the concept our physical bodies are equivalent to computer game sprites or chess pieces the entire universe i've grown up in and will die in is a constructed playing field the super reality i'm experiencing is simply what you see when you break concentration and look up from the game as a final demonstration i'm shown how to detach a smaller fractal foam blob from the substance of my own fluid mirror body The infant blob is holographic, I'm told, and contains the complete informational content of the parent intelligence. It anchors itself into the liquid information we're swimming through and begins to crackle and fizz at the edges. I can't imagine how I could have forgotten this. I know what's about to happen. The baby blob's hissing like sherbet, growing and folding up all around until it's everywhere. This is how we start a game, and it's time to play again. My eyes are still open and there's a bolster supporting my neck. I can almost feel the extremities of my body extending out into directions we can't point to in three-dimensional space, but it's only for moments. Katmandu jigsaws itself together in one awkward instant and I'm back in the world, back in the game, shaken. Patreon.com slash Pod. If you want more writing about stuff like that, check out Grant Morrison on Substack. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the... I don't know who they are. There's two. One. Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. No. Neo and Trinity. No. I don't understand, and I probably never will. Let me just tell you right now that there's two... Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. I'm telling you.
I think he literally just looked up famous duos. Cheech and Chong. And has just been going through the list ever since. I'm trying to dig deep. Which one of you is uh, Dick Powell? Me? Your name's Jesse Cox. <laughs> Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by Alex and Jesse. Like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO. 